Welcome to the Art of Relationships. This podcast is produced by the Biola University Centre for Marriage and Relationships. For additional resources on healthy relationships like videos, blogs or events near you, visit our website at cmr.biola.edu. Well, welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Dr. Tim Yohoff. And uh, Tim, a communications expert, you've been studying and working in this field as a professor, a speaker, a writer, uh, uh, an author of numerous books. And Tim, one of the things that we get here uh, on the Art of Relationships podcast um, are cool materials, ideas, thoughts, and topics that it's we get a chance to explore. I'm a psychologist, and so you know I get this ability to stay in a literature mm. that is so intriguing for me, just like it's intriguing for you to stay in your calm lit and yeah. read things out there. And we came across something that we talked about on a previous podcast, and that is the regrets that people have right over time. Uh, people experience a lot of things in life, and for some, uh, they are burdened by uh, or struggle with decisions either made or not made, actions taken or not taken, Tim, that cause regret. And um, the loss they feel of what could have been if I'd only done it that way. Yeah. I wished I could undo this choice. If I can undo this choice, everything would be good. And Tim, uh, a study at Cornell did this and looked at the topic of regret. You know, before we get into some of these things that older people regret, Tim, it's a, it's a psychological field of study uh, like it is in other disciplines, but regret takes on this feeling of how do we explore it, understand it, and help people get through it. But let me ask you this question. You don't, I, first time I'm going to ask it to you, so it'll take you. Who do you think um, uh, shows more regret in gender differences studies? More women or, oh. do, more, or do men uh, more often experience? Wow. Uh, or do they even differ a little bit in how they experience regret? But in general... Uh, let's start with maybe one. How about wait, wait, wait? You, you didn't let yeah, me no, answer. No, no. This is the this is the oh, oh, this oh, okay, is the first great. question. In terms of romantic or relationship regret, oh, who experiences more romantic or relationship regret, men or women? I'm gonna say men. Oh, I'm gonna say men. When they narrowed it down to romantic relationship, they found about half of the women had romantic regrets, about 44%. But of the men, only 19% <gasps> of men experienced. No and they think it might have been that there's just this quicker tendency to replace partners. Uh, and maybe, you know, there, there's just the cognitive way, uh, cultural ways, but... That's really... So I just thought of, you know, the one that got away. Yeah. Being haunted by the one that yeah. got away. And I, for some reason, I link that to men more yeah. than women. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, and it's just one study. There's a lot of different things going on out there. So, Tim, people have been studying and looking at regrets for a long time. Um, and sometimes they're of value, right? I mean... A lot of younger people, you know, probably process regrets differently than older people by going, ooh, I can make this, I, I can understand my values better, or I can make better choices next time, or this is good insight for me, or whatever it might be. 
but it does have some long-term effects on our well-being oh, when yeah. it stays with us. And remember, the study is Cornell's interviewing older yeah. Americans, just saying, as you look back on your life, yeah. what are the regrets? And they came up with a, a huge list, like yeah. 31 different categories. Yeah. The podcast we did on regrets, I think we did four or five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll only do a couple more. Yeah. But I think some of these are good. Let me mention one that I think... Um, affects the marriage, but in a slightly different way. So one of the regrets is that you did not help someone in need. You saw a need, and there was this oughtness, we ought to do this, but for whatever reason, we didn't do it. So I have a very good friend of mine who's a writer, he's a speaker, and when they were married only two years, and they didn't have much, him and his wife, Uh, He learned that a a friend of his was in law school and was basically living out of his car Mm. and, uh, I mean, just, you know, eating scraps of food Mm -hmm. and learned of this. And the Holy Spirit said to him, take everything that's in your savings, Mm. and there wasn't much, and give it to this guy. Mm. And my friend didn't do it. Mm. Didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And later, much later, said, I, I really regret not taking that faith step. Now, Chris, to me, this is a perfect one that we were saying last podcast. Okay, so uh, what if only one spouse hears it and the other doesn't? Mm-hmm. Like, like if I went to Noreen <laughs> said, honey, guess what? The Lord told me to give all of our savings to the graces. She'd be like, you know, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I did not get that memo. So obviously there's going to have to be agreement between the yeah. spouses taking these pretty big faith steps. But, but sometimes I think as American Christians, we put limits on God. We say, mm-hmm. listen, you can ask this, but you can't not ask me to do that. And we mm-hmm. put a limit on God. Mm-hmm. We say, so listen, I'm not giving up my savings for anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And I think God is saying, but are you willing to follow me? Mm-hmm. And again, we... If somebody came to me and said, God told me to give all of our savings to this mm-hmm. person, I would ask five million questions, yeah. right? End of the day, we would. Mm-hmm. But maybe God's asking you to take a fairly radical faith step. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it has to be discernment, wisdom, counselors. But there could be regret that, you know, I never stepped up and did it. I never. Yeah. So, Tim, you're re- you're <laughs> you're opening a door, I think, that is going to be for a lot of our listeners a fascinating one to go into, and that is discerning or hearing God's voice. How right. do we know when it's right. God? And how do we know when it's just simply our own shame or mm. our own guilt, mm. right? We're driving down the street and I see a person in need. It's so easy for me to either justify passing by um, or to feel the compulsion and need to just stop the car, get out mm. and do what I can. Mm. And, and I've always wondered, um, because I've made both choices, you know, you live a lot of years or, you know, especially in Southern California, well, almost any city anyway, you're going to be confronted with this at least, if not daily, weekly, probably, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, I think the question is, how do you know and discern when God is speaking? Suppose your spouse isn't there, suppose you're single. Suppose you've got some friends, but you're trying to make a decision pretty quickly. And and it calls for that, right? I mean, some of these are like, wait, 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 I could give this guy money right now or food or I, I but the opportunity leaves and discerning God's voice at that point. So I'll give you my first step. I think the first step it takes 
is you better be listening to God at all other times. You mm. better be seeking him out that morning, that afternoon, or that night. At some point, you better be in a habit, a habitual uh, form, or I guess um, recognizing that I better be listening to his voice in little things and in big things, but on a regular basis. If I'm going to discern him in these hard to you yeah. know, predict in moments of emergency, let's say, like, how do I now know of God speaking? So, so let me give you a for instance. So we were headed towards Chicago, Wheaton. We'd been given a job offer at Wheaton. Out of the blue comes a Biola offer. Now, this mm-hmm. is Southern California, right? So I'll never for- I'm not a math guy, Chris. You know that. I'm a former theater major. <laughs> so my wife says to me, Okay, first, you need to know what Southern California's economy is like. Tim, how much do you think the average house costs in Southern California compared to Chicago? Chris, blew my mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. There's no way it could be that much. He goes, Tim, that's the market. But I felt God was leading us towards Biola. Mm -hmm. But here's what I did to give me credit. We met with a financial planner, mm-hmm. a guy we trusted utterly who handled our finances. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I said, Floyd, if you look at me and say, you guys can't afford to live there based on a Biola salary, and even if Noreen gets a job, mm-hmm. right, you can't make it financially, I would have said no. I, we're, not going to, we're not going to California. Mm-hmm. And Noreen knew that. Mm-hmm. So for me, if you want to ask me practically, how do I confirm that this is God, I go to friends like you. Mm-hmm. I go to friends who are qualified in certain areas, like a financial planner, mm-hmm. and maybe that's not super spiritual to our listeners, but I sit down and take the counsel of friends. Uh, uh, otherwise, I don't think I'm going to follow what I think is the prompting of God. And and I, I guess, Tim, that begs this very question is, you had better know your friend very well, assuming they listen to God, yeah. uh, uh, praying they do, and, yeah. and, and then lifting them up, saying, Lord, I'm about to go to Chris. I'm about to go to yeah. Frank. I'm yeah. about to go yeah. to Tim. I'm about to go to John. I need you, Lord, to go ahead, pro- li- help them listen to you. And let them direct you be a voice. And, you know, it's, it's very rare that you put all eggs in one basket, right, right, Frank's right. basket, right? Because yeah. you have Noreen, you had other friends, yeah, you had your yeah. your advisors at UNC, I'm sure. Yeah. And you got people at each of those schools yeah. that you called. And so there's more than, you know, just one voice. But there can be that rad, that moment where this one can be the difference. And, and Floyd and Diana were dear, our dear friends. They spoke for family life for a lot. So we absolutely trusted them. But let me say one thing really quickly. I could, now, this may be controversial. I don't know. Um, let's say I absolutely feel God is leading me towards California to teach at Biola University. And Noreen says, honey, no. Right. I can't do it. I can't find it. I, I will be a nervous wreck because we're going to be living on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Guess what, Chris? I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might say, wait a minute, I thought you just said you were pretty convinced this was God. Right. Yeah, but I'm going to trust the fact that my he's speaking to my spouse too, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's cool about having a, a spouse who listens to God, Yeah. right? I agree with you yeah. that sometimes you're putting your eggs in a person's basket and they're not <laughs> developing that skill of hearing God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 then discernment. Tim comes in. Sometimes God has 
you know, a, a, is, seems to remain quiet. Yeah. And 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 it feels yeah. like either decision is okay. Like there's no, and that could be tough too. Where how do you discern from a human level? Obviously, God's got to be a part of your discernment, but. How, how do you do that when God seems to be silent on a topic? Like, should I date this person or not? He's right, like, yeah, I don't right. get any answers. Right. So I'm an, I'm an Augustine person on this issue. I, yeah. I, my students, they hear this all the time in my classes. I write on the board one of my favorite Augustine quotes where he says, love God and do as you please. Yeah. Now, both of those are important. Remember yeah. Jesus, seek first yeah. the kingdom of God, yeah. and these things will be added. So I think Augustine is saying, do you love God? Do you yeah. love his kingdom? Yeah. Okay, then do as you please. Yeah. I, think, I think God was saying to me, listen, Wheaton would have been great. Bio is great. Where, where, ultimately, where do you want to go? And then I felt him nudging me towards Biola, though. Right, right. But I would have pulled back in a heartbeat if Noreen would have said to me, Tim, we are going to be this close to financial ruin in California. Yeah, it is always interesting when Jesus is confronted even by, you know, people with bad intentions or malicious thinking, let's say the Pharisees who confront him and say, what's the greatest commandment? And they knew that, you know, he, he would have to come up with a perfect answer, and he did. He said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and your spirit. Uh, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So, Tim, I think when it comes to true discernment and knowing which way to go, I think Augustine had it right. That is, and, 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 but, but that very first premise, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, you know, and your neighbors yourself. That's a very high hurdle <laughs> to get over before you could just say, and then do what you enjoy. It, yeah. Because some people just say, oh yeah, I love God and I'm going to go do what I want. And so, so let me ask you this question. Do you think... God had one person for you to marry. Well, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Elise. How are you doing? You listening? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I think we differ on this. And and I I, I could be wrong. But in my theology, uh, which happens to be very biblical... Mine's taken from the Britannica Encyclopedia. (laughs) No, I do. I I do feel God had a had one person out there. Now, uh, and I think Elisa was it. Uh, You know, it 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 is shown that to be the the case in our marriage that's existed for all these years, and 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 I just feel like as time goes on, he he orchestrated this one person. And um, there are others, though, Tim, that just say, no, there's just way too many options out there to limit yourself to waiting and waiting. But uh, okay, what, knowing that I have to go home tonight, yeah, what's your let thought? me say this very quickly. I cannot imagine being married to anybody but Noreen. Right. I cannot imagine the way that she compliments me, encourages me. That being said, Noreen and I have had this conversation. Yeah. I, believe in, I believe what Augustine said is true. Yeah. I believe that there, would, there could have been other people. Right. That would have, if I would have made different career choices, mm-hmm. right? I don't think before the foundation of the earth, God was like, it's Noreen Lenahan. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't imagine that, right, honey? Love you. I'll be home <laughs> at five. Um, but I, I, I'm more of a, you, do, you, you and I do disagree theologically mm-hmm. on some of these issues. But mm-hmm. I do think that God is like, no, no, there's different avenues. There's different yeah. paths, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, that's just an interesting one. Hey, here's another one. Okay. This isn't going to surprise anybody. Uh, when they asked these older Americans, this is what they said. Uh, 
I work too much. Yeah. I, I just worked. I, I put just, too much time into yeah. my company, yeah. my organization, and I gave them my fidelity. My, yeah. I, I lived for them. Yeah. yeah uh, one nurse was quoted. Uh, interesting. All of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending too much time of their lives on the treadmill of work. Mm. So this is a woman who basically does hospice care. Yeah. And so she says, interesting that men would say this. See, when you were saying who is struggling with more regrets, mm -hmm. I was thinking kind of generally oh, men I, yeah. because of midlife crises. I see. Uh -huh. Right? And I think men feel that deeply sometimes. So I do think she's, I, I think this is right that we put all of our time and attention yeah. into trying to make it as, and I think men struggle with this. Women do, of course, women are, can be just as ambitious and career focused, but men want to make their mark. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like, I think can be very socialized for young men that this is how you make your mark. Yeah, men, men or women uh, will experience these, you know, probably at the same level in, in different ways. But Tim, I think the concept and the idea is, um, is one that these older people probably have pulled out what is a, a, a very common human problem. And mm -hmm. that human problem is to distract ourselves uh, in, in ways that make us feel like we're contributing, that we're of value, that we are important, you know, and humans want to feel that. I, I've made a mark. I've, I, I've started something. People will remember this. I mean, that's why people document everything they do mm. because it gives them this sense of I, I have importance or value. And I think, Tim, what we buy into the unhealthiness is that this is def this defines me, right? This this is and and yet the sad part is on no tombstone probably anywhere will they list you know all of the various positions right. you held in some company. Right, right. They're going to list here was a man who was kind to his family or here's a man who died alone, yeah. whatever. So I think Tim like a regret is. Like those can be really hard because we're so busy and we got to go out. We have to either make money or pursue this dream. Yeah. And sometimes at the expense of relationships. And so one spiritual practice I do, I, I don't do a ton. I wish I, I talk about regrets. I wish I had more <laughs> spiritual practices. Yeah. Um, I read the book of Ecclesiastes every year and a commentary on the book of Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this for about the past five years. Mm. And it is such a good reset where under the sun, right, this life, it, it doesn't matter what you do, even really, really good godly things, like building a church, building a Christian university, under the sun, it, it, you're going to have vanity. It's going to be chasing after wind. It, you're just going to be like, oh, that didn't do it. That wasn't mm -hmm. it. Now, above the sun is where you say, okay, I'm doing this for God. Mm -hmm. This is for his glory. I'm putting God's kingdom first. Mm -hmm. But that is two totally different ways to look at this life. And it's interesting for me, I can get sucked in under the sun just like anybody else. You know, building your resume, getting published, uh, where's our podcast, how high is it ranked, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, and God isn't against ambition. But if you're putting all your eggs in the ambition, I'm going to make my mark, then you're, 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 God has already said this is chasing after wind. So, Tim, when this topic comes up, I, I think of 
people who have seen work and ambition in life differently than most. One healthy example, for ex- I think, would be the Puritans, mm. who would say that work for them, it didn't matter the job so long as they did it mm. well and they found pleasure in if it was cleaning a street or a sidewalk and that's what you did all day long, yeah. then your contribution was that you did your job with excellence and gave it to God as a way of service to him. And I think the Puritans' uh, views on work are extremely challenging because it does mean that they look at any job as important and that can help the person that's highly ambitious trying to make their mark uh which of course they're going to get erased by the next guy yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah of course the average age of a puritan was 35 <laughs> 35 <laughs> but, pretty early that's but right. do you uh do you remember the group uh cademan's call i don't know if i do so cademan's call oh yeah boy look him up yeah, Derek yeah. webb yeah. early early cademan call sure. to me was yeah. one of my all-time favorites Derek Webb wrote a song called Bus Driver. And it's about a guy who every single day drives a bus and drops people off. And you could think of that as an absolutely monotonous job, but he's a Christian. That's great. And so when that person gets off the bus, yeah. he says, you know what? I just helped that person get to the, uh, her work and she's going to pay, uh, get paid. She's going to help support her family. Uh, that man's a janitor and I just dropped him off because that school needs to be clean. So he mm. took what could be a really monotonous job, yeah. being a bus driver, driving it. the same route over and over and over and over. And he took it not under the sun. He took yeah. it above the sun. Yeah. I'm doing this for kingdom yeah. reasons. I love that, Chris. I think I, that's powerful. I do too. And I would imagine th- that when he is 90, you know, he's sitting around. <clears throat> I bet he does not experience this regret, the regret ah. of putting too much time in. Instead, he probably yeah. says, Lord, yeah. what a joyful thing to be yeah. able to partner with you in making something beautiful yeah. just simply because I gave it to you. So at Family Life, we talk about different affairs, right? We, 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 uh, Chris and Elisa are, are on Family Life team as well as me and Noreen. And so we talk about different affairs. Everybody immediately thinks about the romantic sexual affair. Mm-hmm. But then we list other ones. We list a materialism affair. Yeah. We list a family affair. But yeah. then we list a career affair. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's you're finding meaning outside the marriage. And you're putting all of your emotional energy into this career. And you come home exhausted. And you don't have time for your mm-hmm. kids or for your wife. So I think Americans, we, we are either moving towards a family affair or a career affair. This is just a great reminder, again, the Cornell study from older Americans yeah. who are ahead of us. Yeah. Who said, listen, guys, I did crazy weeks and didn't take vacations. Didn't do this. Didn't do that. And I'm telling you... At the end, I go back and do it different. Boy, let's listen to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's seasonal, right, Chris? When you're just yeah. starting your career, it's going to be long hours and yeah. hard work and stuff like that. But then there's got to come a time. And again, I want to be sensitive to the economic status of our listeners. That's right. Yeah. Somebody, my dad worked double shifts at General Motors. Right. We need the money. Yeah. So sometimes you, you just don't get a chance to choose. Some people, some spouses have had to move away for six to eight months or a year, right, to be either in the military right, or right. go up to 
Alaska fishing or whatever they're yeah. doing to, in order yeah. to make money for their family, yeah. knowing it's a season yep. and knowing that they're doing this for an ultimate bigger purpose. And it's not going to, that's the crazy thing. It's not going to last. Yeah. My, my uh, grandfather, John Gustav Mielhoff, how do you like that mm-hmm. name, Chris? <laughs> Gustav Mielhoff. He <laughs> loved books. He loved books so mm. much so mm. That he was the librarian of his church's library, Chris, mm-hmm. for 30 years. Wow. When he died, they named the library after him. Uh-huh. So if you actually go to East Detroit, it's kind of cool. There's the John Gustav Mühlhoff mm-hmm. Library. Uh, we went there, and then I did a dorky thing. Okay, I did a dorky thing. I walked up to a person coming out of the library, mm-hmm. and I said to them, hey, what do you think of this library? Oh, it's great. It's awesome, blah, blah. I said, hey, who, who is that? Uh-huh. Who's John Mielhoff? Uh-huh. And she looked up and said, I have no idea. Uh, Chris, that's going to be all of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just maybe a generation yeah. from forgetting, two generations two, even yeah. for family, oh, forgetting a lot about we are, who we are. Yeah. And so then at the end of the day, Tim, I think that puts into perspective how do we view the contributions we made, the things we did? Are we investing in relationships? Yeah. Are, are are we growing and listening to our partners, our friends, and are we engaged? Because at the end of life, when it comes to these studies, like the Cornell study with these older people, those that have healthy, solid, good friendships, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. no doubt are experiencing less regret simply because they've made wise investments. And it pays off. You know, we all get in trouble at times and face trauma and difficulty. And when friends come around that you have just worked with and been involved in their lives, all of a sudden the love and support that you need so much to get through something. And, and uh, A holistic approach to life where yeah. work, career, is part yeah. of that. We're yeah. not denying yeah. that career and work and stuff like that. Raising is vocation. children, that's all you do all day yeah. long. But it's, it's a package deal. Yeah. It's a holistic yeah. package that yeah. we got to keep in mind. And that's hard in a country that tends to promote one over the other. Right, but let's have a holistic approach. Yeah. I think love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, not yeah. just one aspect. That's great, Chris. It, hey, let me say this: it is great doing this podcast yeah. with you. You are one of my confidants. You yeah. are one of the people that yeah. I go to for advice. Yep, uh, often don't heed it, um, <laughs> but I would go. And so it's so it's there's no regrets doing this podcast. No, there's none. In fact, it's a joy because we know that. We're trying to serve the Lord here and uh, yep. help bring to listeners just, just to new thoughts and new ideas that maybe they hadn't heard before. And Tim, it's really good fun to do that with you. All right. Hey, take care. And we'll, if you all are interested in a little bit more about what we do and you're a new listener or wondering where to get some information, go to cmr.biola.edu and check out more podcasts, check out our blogs, conferences, and other materials. we got marriage mentoring. we got all kinds of things. And even if you want to help support us, you can do that to keep this podcast going. All right. Bye, Chris. Good talk with you, Tim. Take care. Have you ever been asked to mentor a young married couple but were afraid to say yes? Thankfully, the Center for Marriage and Relationships is here to help. The CMR's Marriage Mentoring Curriculum covers important topics like communication, forgiveness, and the ever-important sexual intimacy. It even provides tips on when and how to refer a couple for professional help. Sound interesting? Check out the resources page on our website at cmr.biola.edu.